Hello and welcome to Blue Royalty, a London is Blue podcast dedicated to the Chelsea women's team. I'm your host, Jessie Park Humphreys, joined today by Nick Villaney and Ollie Glanville on the late shift. And it's a kind of grim late shift to be on. I'm sorry, guys, for calling you up, but I'm glad you're here with me. Someone has to be. Nick, how are you doing? I know it was an early morning for you. Yeah, I, I was trying to explain this uh, thing that we do every weekend to someone. And, and after days like t- today, it's like, this is pretty much just therapy. Uh, you pretty much just talk to your friends about what happened and try and sort through all the madness. And maybe you come out feeling better. Maybe you don't. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> but, to, you know, it, to, I, was, I was joking with you guys before we started. We had the 6.30 a.m. start for the women's game and the 8 o'clock start for the men's game. And by 10.30, my whole uh, whole morning was pretty much ruined. So <laughs> it's pretty uh, pretty tough start there, Ollie. Pretty tough start. Yeah, it is what it is. I think, um, you know, we'll get into it. But it's one of, those, one of those days to forget. But hopefully we won't have too many more of them. <laughs> I'm just pissed because I did a lot of, like, preamble from sort of other people around this game which was that like oh Chelsea men are miserable at the moment like at least we have to worry about the women and even before today I was like whoa 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 this isn't the game that I'd go in on on this for and then I felt like fully vindicated in some ways but also annoyed that my like justification for actually skipping the men's game today which sounds like it was still potentially worth skipping um, definitely was yep. was was then to watch what what happened in front of me at the Everett. <laughs> it was um it, it was tough because i i fully expected at least a draw and uh, you know for for the women's team against arsenal and then to to enter the men's game while they were down 4-1 in like the 75th minute i was like there was no chance this is going to go well today. <laughs> there was no hope at the beginning. But look, before we before we dive in, uh, Jesse, you were at a wonderful event for the Chelsea Foundation on Friday. And I would be remiss if you didn't get a little bit of, of chatter about it before we dive into the awful specifics of what happened at the Emirates. So please take it away. Yeah, I had a really cool and kind of unexpected thing happen, um, which is that Chelsea do this really cool project with Versus, who are a very cool media organization. If you're not like following them, they're really, really worth uh, following for sort of like an alternative perspective on how media is done. Um, but Chelsea give £15,000 to two creators selected sort of by the club and Versus to do something creative around Chelsea. It's a reaction to... In the past, uh, people talk a lot about media being very white, very overrepresented people from like very posh backgrounds. Uh, but there's not been enough conversation around how that also applies to the creative spaces as well. And that's something that matters even beyond, you know, just like media stuff. Um, and as a result, uh, two people, Shamaka and Becky, were selected to make two projects. Shamaka did a really, really cool um 30 minute doc about what it means to support Chelsea as uh, a black person uh something that Ollie's dad I know was very involved in Rick um and then Becky did a project she comes from a jewelry background where she made a hundred rings celebrating Chelsea community champions and I was surprised enough unfortunate enough to be selected as one of them which meant I got my name up on a fancy wall along with many other absolute legends from the game Emma Hayes Jess Carter Jesse Fleming also people like Tracy Brown Kerry Evans lots of people who people will be familiar with on the on the pod um we got to have a nice night to celebrate on Friday and yeah I just it's funny because if anyone's not listen to the pod we did last week with Seb White about him taking his daughter to King's Meadow and getting involved in in Chelsea and Chelsea women. I felt like a very similar feeling around this event in terms of it's really easy when there's a lot of negativity around your club, whether it's about results on the men's side or things like attendances, I guess, has been the big thing on the women's side to maybe at points feel disconnected. But for me... Both of those things, like that 
that interview I did and then going to this event was a really amazing reminder of like the work the Chelsea community does and it was so affirming to be reminded of how important Chelsea is as a space for people to connect and I think that really resonated on a on a day like today to be honest. Ollie, your your dad is a member of our of our humble network as well, but uh, he was obviously a part of the film and uh, you know helping that come to life. Do you have any uh, thoughts or shout outs for pops before uh, before we jump in? Well, so, I'm not sure in terms of the nepotism of of this, but I, I will <laughs> I will shout out I will shout out Shimako who did an incredible job um, directing um, his first feature length film. Um, you you absolutely have to check that out. It's a really um, intriguing and uh, and frank and honest view on what Chelsea was, what Chelsea is, and what Chelsea could be. And yeah, I think as Jesse was saying, it's all about the foundation and who they represent. And frankly, I think it's the best of our club. Whatever we do on or off the pitch, I think that kind of representation. And going to communities and making sure you're a part of them and, you know, joining those dots is the most important thing we can do as a football club and we should do much more of it. Yeah, I think the last thing I'd say is like watching it from afar and, and seeing a lot of it come in through Twitter and Instagram and seeing the videos come through. It it looked like a a really joyful sort of vibe. and I, And I think sometimes when you're talking about like, Hey, we have to be better types of events that sometimes those can be, you know, difficult learning experiences or, or anything like that. But I, I, I thought the overall vibe seemed to be joyful. It seemed to be, um, one where, where people came together and were just grateful to be around each other and more of that, please. Cause I, I think that's just a, a critical part of getting exposed to new, uh, ideas, thoughts, uh, experiences that people have, like it's sometimes a little bit easier if it, if it's in a space where everyone feels heard and, and everything like that. So, um, that's what I got on that, but, uh, huge shout outs to you, Jesse, huge shout outs to Rick, uh, and the many, many others who were featured there. Cause it just, uh, there's, it felt, it feels like there's been an uptick, um, in that sort of community building lately. And I think that can only be a good thing for the club. Yeah, and I think it's easy to, you know, I think there's plenty of things to talk about and assess the ownership on, but I do think that, like, community aspect is something that they've clearly worked hard on and they've put their money where their, their mouth is. Like, you know, they put £30,000 behind those projects and I, th- I think that's really important and I can't think of a better way, I guess, in some ways than to uh, ingratiate the ring I got into my life as a Chelsea fan than anxiously uh, moving it around my finger (laughs) for a full 90 minutes of this awful, awful match that uh, we all then sat through today, uh, which is what we're going to be talking about today. So, yeah, we are going to talk you through Arsenal 4 Chelsea won goals from Beth Mead in the eighth minute and equaliser from Johanna Ritten Canada in the 13th minute before Amanda Ilerstedt scored in the 36th and Alessia Russo got what felt like the killer in the 38th. She then scored a strange penalty, which we'll get onto in the 74th. Before we get onto three-odd match reviews, guys, just want to do a little bit of a vibe check because I think this is going to be a tough game to talk through Arsenal games are really frustrating at the best of times um I think this is a game where in the moment you feel very strongly about what's happened and maybe how much that hurts but hopefully we can maybe take a step back and also think about like some of the wider implications of this both in terms of what happened today and also going forward in the season but Nick maybe I'll kick off with you just what, what sum it all up for me? We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, I hate that this game is right after an international break. I just think it's shitty. Um, you know, I think if you play this game two weeks from now, it probably ends up different or a little bit more square. For whatever reason, the team came back super sluggish and 
they only have themselves to blame. This is, you know, it, the the vibe is we were completely outplayed uh, top to bottom. It was ugly. Uh, Emma said as much after the match. So, you know, don't take my word for it. Take hers. Um, and, you know, I think it's just a, it's a shame that you didn't get both teams at their best in, in this one. Uh, but from a table perspective, you still control everything that you want to go do this year. And so I, I think unlike the men's uh, podcast that I'm going to have to record in an hour here, uh, <laughs> vibes are slightly higher on this one because you know that the the folks in charge are going to get it right. You know, we have these days occasionally, Ollie, where it just seems like the whole team shuts off and um, then they come back and put seven on someone. So we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. And and there there were there were a couple of positives that I I will call out. Um there weren't many, <laughs> but there were a couple. <laughs> um uh but yeah, I think the vibes felt a bit off when in the pre-match press conference Emma who's usually I wouldn't say bullish going into these games, but she's she's very kind of switched on and and like wholly positive after a couple of days of training after international break was asked about going six points clear and she was very much of the of the mind of yeah yeah i don't think you know we need to think about that right now and it, it to me it felt like it almost felt like we knew we weren't really that ready <laughs> for for a game like this and you know we'll come on to the three word match review but arsenal were massively ready for this and it felt like they'd been building for the last three weeks just for this just for this day and we weren't when we put our foot down there wasn't really anything there to to come back after the after the equalizer um and it was it was frustrating i think that's really interesting though ollie i I totally agree but i think what's bizarre and what feels really annoying in these kind of circumstances is that feels like we've had that again and again in games against Arsenal, especially games away from home, whereby we go into them and, yeah, maybe there's a reason, maybe there's an international break, we've got an injury, but they seem to be more up for it. I don't know if, like, maybe from, like, a silly copium perspective is the kind of thing of, like, we win all the time, so maybe it matters to them more to, like, get these individual victories. I definitely think that's been interesting in terms of the intensity of the reaction after the game. Um, My biggest feeling walking out of the Emirates was the last time I walked out of the Emirates and felt that shit was when we'd lost 3-2 on the opening day of the season two years ago. And we still went on and won, won the league. We're still top of the league right now. But there's a there's a noise that comes around these games that makes it feel like more like the Conti Cup final, which, Nick, you know, I, you were over for that game. And that was just like, that's brutal because that's cup final. You, you know, they're holding it. It's over. This isn't a game where it's over. If we win at the end of the season, we know they'll still talk about it because, of course, but they'll talk about it, you know, regardless. So it's all still to play for. Um, I think the three-word match reviews very much reflect the kind <laughs> of energy that all of us have just put out. So Rob's coming in with rare, terrible day. Harry Edwards says, got it wrong. Clayton says, should be embarrassed. Megan goes with midfield ping pong. Meg says, annoyingly disappointing match. Jess Hartmeyer says, still on top. Brackets technically. I think that's four words, but I wanted to put the technically in. Felipe Moran says, please bulk up, which I think is interesting. Maybe something we can talk about. Jack says, everyone was poor. <laughs> Michael, this is my favourite of them all. This is my number <laughs> one. Et to CFC W. Well uh, Max, Max goes with take me home. Massive Blue says, we move on. And Michael Doherty says, lost the midfield. I'm just going with hate the Emirates. <laughs> I hate playing there. I don't understand. The three worst teams to play at the Emirates are Tottenham, Arsenal and us. Why? Everyone else is better. Everyone else. Why can't we figure it out, Nick? Uh, That kind of leads into mine, which is proper wake-up call. This is, uh, you know, the team had not really clicked on all cylinders quite yet this season, but when you get smacked like this, um, you know, it it does ring some bells, and they should uh, be heated because uh, this isn't an invincible team. So... That I hope I hope it's a wake up call. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I went with 
their cup final because it was. Um, and it, it very much felt like that with the fans afterwards. Um, like that that's the most what fans, they all left, Ollie. Well, like they were standing outside, Jesse. I don't know. I walked past them. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. Sorry. I just have to get this dig in. I have to get this dig in. I couldn't believe how many of them left. Four yeah, one against your biggest see. rivals. I may as well have been singing cheerio to them myself. <laughs> Crazy. Well, you know what they feel about um, attendances, as we well know. Um, <laughs> they, yeah, a lot of them seem to um, stand outside waiting for Sam Kerr to go past. Um, <laughs> Sam decided to um, majestically <laughs> refer them to the last four years of uh, WSL football in which we won each and every title. So I'm just yes, sad so. she didn't go two and two, you know? That, that was my yeah. only complaint about the, about the wave. So. I have to shout out my icons from the away and today which were a group of women if you are these women please reach out to me because i was obsessed with you they had white cowboy hats with blue tinsel around the top and at about 70 minutes they were stood up flicking the v's to the home fans (laughs) and i was like you guys are my vibe check absolutely my guys i love it all right we will take a little ad break here and then when we come back, we will get into this disgusting game itself. So I'm just going to quickly run through the teams to kick us off here. I don't think there were many surprises. So for us, AKB in goal, Carter and Mielder as the centre-backs, Charles and Perise as full-backs. We had this midfield of Cuthbert, Nuskin and Fleming, Vlorn James on the left, Canada on the right and Sam Kerr coming up against Zinsberger in goal. Elish Dirtwood and Moy, McCabe and Catley as the fullbacks, Pulover, Volti, and Little as their midfield with Mead on the right, Ford on the left, and Russo up top. Nick, this was like pretty much the most predictable lineups you could have thought of. I guess the only interesting choice, and this would become kind of crucial for Chelsea, was maybe this midfield makeup of Cuthbert, Nuskin, and Fleming. A very out-of-possession type midfield is how I'm going to politely call it. Some unpolitely might call it a cardio midfield. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you, you look at their strengths and it's not, you know, I, I would say candidly it wasn't breaking down Arsenal through the midfield through passing. It was trying to win the ball back and they didn't really even do that well today. Um, the, the midfield was pretty much bypassed for most of the game. Um, uh, and, you know, when when we did, you know, sort of kind of corner them in, they had ways to get out of it. And, you know, I, I called out uh, Palova before, you know, kind of halftime. I thought she was just wrecking uh, our midfield on the transition. And it, it never really got fixed. I mean, like, that, that was very clearly happening, and it just – was allowed to keep happening, which is is not ideal. And I think what's kind of surprising to me about this, Ollie, is like the take Fleming out and put it whoever in the advanced role that you'd like, whether it's Kirby or Lauren James there or whoever, right? I mean, it, or or keep Fleming in there if you're a, a Jay Fleming stand. Like this is a the two that we thought would be our big game midfield all season, uh, and just didn't. They weren't on the same page for sure, and they were not on the same page with Jesse Fleming. They overlapped too much. Jesse dropped way deeper to try and help them out. That did not work well. Yeah, it was really weird because, you you know, you're talking about it's an energetic midfield, right? Well, the one thing you do with Arsenal away every single time is you have to match them physically. They're a very physical team. They're very direct. They're fast up front. They play wide. Like, we know all these things, right? You you, you have you absolutely have to shut down their supply line. So, you know, we went with that three, I think, to be aggressive and and to, to shut down the supply line. And we did get into challenges. We just didn't win them. <laughs> like, we were losing so many 50-50s. And that's so unlike, especially Erin and, and Shook, who are, like, pretty dominant midfielders in terms of, you know, tackles and and ball wins especially high up the pitch and especially against Arsenal when you get those high turnovers and you're running against the defensive of Wuben Moy and Illestet you can run at them you you they're wide open when you win it in midfield and I think that was the game plan 
we we set traps we we made them and then we didn't carry it out we couldn't execute and that was essentially what happened throughout the the whole first half um and then when we did try and win it high up the pitch and and hunt in packs they were going direct down our wings and you know i thought i actually thought ev had like a reasonable game against Catelyn Ford. I think I think she did really well one on one most of the time, um, but she was caught out once. And Marin's not going to be able to to catch <laughs> Catelyn Ford one on one. Like it's just not going to happen anymore. So, yeah, I think it was kind of a high risk strategy to to go with that midfield if they weren't fully fit. But the issue we have is, you know, Melly, who's definitely back this weekend, um, was not back, <laughs> was not in the squad. So we didn't really have any other options there. So, like, Jesse, what else could we have done? No, that's, like, literally just what I wanted to jump in on. Like, I was there after 20 minutes crying for Sophie Engel, but it, I don't think it would necessarily have been much better with Sophie in there. Like, I understand why you want these high-intensity players, especially when you look at what like I thought Pullover was immense today like I think when you see what someone like her can do I think something that feels frustrating to me is is maybe feeling like Erin could be a player like that like wanting Erin to find that maybe balance between turning the ball over and being ready to go in for the tackle and then also be able to sort of have the capacity to put a foot on the ball take the pause make the pass and I actually think in the second half she did do that a lot lot better and I don't know how much maybe having Nuskin alongside her was a bit of a stressful distraction in that sense but it is tough because I think when I looked at our midfield the players I wanted there were like Leipzig or Trankovic just people who were going to be able to physically compete with Arsenal but also were going to be more ready to make the pass and in that sense Nick it's hard to look at the lineup I think and say it was something that was got wrong because it was so obviously wrong but I just like I can't necessarily sit here and tell you what needed to be right and the just the one thing I'll add on that before I throw to you is I thought the weather was a really interesting factor in this game in that it was like pissing it down and the it was wet the pitch was wet the ball was wet players were slipping and sliding and that makes this kind of tactic that we wanted to slash had to employ even more chaotic because you are not in control of that in the way you are on like a dry pitch yeah that that is very true they i think the commentary even made um mention of of how slick it was out there um and i think that's a fair enough point I don't, I don't know if you would have made any other lineup choices, um, but I think after the first fifteen minutes, when shit was bananas and we were one-one, and probably feeling a little fortunate that we were one-one at that point because they dominated the first ten fifteen minutes, I, I think you have to stop the crazy ass press at that point. I think you have to figure out a way to condense your midfield. I think you have to figure out a way to hit them back on the counter. Because, again, you look at their defense. Catley and McCabe want to go. They want to advance up the field. There was tons of space in in behind them. They did a great job of tracking back for most of the game. But you could have seen if we spring our trademark counterattack that that might not have been the case. We just never got there. I mean, it was the one time we did, we scored. But that was it. It was was really, really uh, odd to me that, that the team didn't try something a little bit more nuanced the other thing you have to realize too, Ollie, is that pitch is so much bigger than we are used to playing on, right? And that's no excuse. You have to figure out a way to do all the things that you want to do on a bigger playing surface. And sometimes our speed and athleticism, that can be a really good thing, you know, that size of pitch. But it was clear the midfield was scrambled with too much space in between. And Palova was just able to go and find the space in behind all day. And that just made it really difficult. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you've already called it out. Like the one all. That was the tactic. That was our tactic. It was to win it in midfield, spring the spring the press, get it to um is it Jesse Fleming? Yeah, Jesse Fleming out to Yo-Yo. Then she scores. She scores with our first shot. Like, <laughs> you know, that that's that was the tactic. But 
JLK scores, like, crucially as well. JLK. <laughs> no offence to her. I know she loves the rain, but, like, come on. <laughs> it was it was get to get the ball to someone who's not even like a dangerous person yeah. in that area and take a shot because also look at Zinsberger. She's like, exactly. <laughs> this is what I was going to come to is like we just didn't shoot. We we were not shooting from outside the box like in any with any regularity. And the one thing you can call out in Arsenal's recent run of like of good results is their goalkeeper and <laughs> like we didn't. We didn't really test her at all. Like there were so many free kicks, especially in the second half. We we were we were just like passing to her, and it was like, no, no, make her come for the ball. Like she's known to be weak in the air, like not coming to catch it or failing to catch it and getting lost in bodies. And it just, yeah, it just felt like we weren't really thinking um, a lot of things through. Um, yeah, I do wonder the kind of international break. Uh, let down for a lot of the players um you know a lot of our a lot of our key players were part of the england squad that did not qualify for the olympics and you know came back and i don't know they they did look a little more sluggish than usual but i don't think that's an excuse i think you know we we played on the same pitch you know we keep going on about how big the pitch is but we didn't put our foot on the ball and play long <laughs> we, and we could have done that several several times so yeah, it's it's just a tough one to take because I really feel like if we hadn't have gone to their level of just making it a blow for blow contest and just really playing just standard Emma Hayes ball, right? Just just be horrible to play against. I think we could have survived this one all, two all, and just got on with it. But because we overextended ourselves really and left ourselves you know, um, under well, not enough players at the back, we were exposed, and that's that's kind of how the third goal happened. We were just overcommitted, and I'm not really sure why. That, that's the odd thing, though, for me, Jesse, is uh, you're coming off an international break again. Not not a full slate of internationals this time for Chelsea. Luckily, some got some rest and all that sort of stuff. But why why after the international break is that your plan like i i I think that is questionable to me i i would you know they're you know they're going to be pumped up they're playing in front of a record crowd like this is a big deal they're at home they're excited they need the win we talked about this last time too like they're going to be shot out of a cannon and it was like we also tried to shoot out of a cannon and just missed (laughs) And, and unfortunately, like once you do that, it's it's tough to get back. I mean, two one down was going to be hard enough. Then you go three one down two minutes later. It's kind of the ball game at that point. Yeah, and it's something that I found really weird. Just even when it was at one one, like when we were taking their pressure on, we were playing lots of little passes. It was like. You know, Eve Perise would win the ball back, and it was like little pass to Marin, little pass to JRK, and I was like, guys, I don't know if this is the right. Like, I want, like, I love the idea that you're going to play around the sort of this Arsenal press, but I don't know how this is going to work out. But the flip side was that it felt like Sam was very, very well marked by Amanda Ilstedt today. I think. Ilsch had a good game. I also think with a different referee, she might have been forced to play a slightly different game with how she, you know, like interpreted what it means to mark a player. Don't start um, Ollie. Don't start Ollie. On <laughs> Ollie's referee. like shaking <laughs> on the mention of, of Welch. But like I I think regardless, Ilsch did have still have a good game against Sam, and it felt like we didn't have that obvious outball now i don't know if this is a bit of an inherent issue with the system that we're currently playing ollie this sort of back three back four but if you're under pressure obviously charles and canard are coming back and suddenly especially with a midfield where you're not really playing like a natural attacking player in there they're all midfielders you've sort of just got lj who we know, again, likes to be sucked towards the ball. So when that happens, you've just got Sam Kerr. So suddenly you can't really play 
this long ball game because we saw that from both Marin and AKB, I think, trying to play it long, but just no one there to win the ball almost because of the formation we were playing. Yeah, it did feel quite self-defeating. I think Nick touched on it earlier that Jesse was coming short as well. And that only exemplified the fact that Sam's just by herself. <laughs> and, you, you know, I I would absolutely trust Sam fully fit um, against Elishtet and Wibbermoy to just find a way. Um, just <laughs> with no service whatsoever. You dink the ball over the top, like, you know, um, Chankovic did last season. And just find a way to to equalize, right? But that's not a sustainable process, and it's not it's not something you can continuously replicate at the Emirates. Um, <laughs> so we needed to find a better out ball, and I think, yeah, part of the cor- corollary of us playing short at the back was that we couldn't play that direct pass over the top because Yo-Yo was coming short, Lauren was coming short, and it meant we didn't have that out ball, as you were saying. So we were simultaneously inviting a press with no out ball. <laughs> so it's like, how do you, how do you get out of the press with any kind of threat? Right? Because if you're playing through midfield with Shook and Aaron, they're transition players. You want them on the ball on the turn with options in front. And the only option in front for a lot of the game for them was Sam. And that's great. But Sam also needs options around her as well to lay off. So yeah, I think, it was it was kind of just a, a catalogue of of kind of strange decisions on the pitch. Um, and they were clearly working towards a plan to kind of bring Arsenal onto them and then spring a press. But if there weren't those outballs, then it was never really going to work out, um, even though it did once. <laughs> it did once for the goal. But yeah. I And there was a couple of opportunities. Like, I don't want to skip ahead, but like... Yeah. The, there's the Lawrence like 1v1 and I think Nick what's interesting sort of in trying to break down this game as tough as it is is that at least in the first half Arsenal scored three goals from three shots on target <laughs> and we just like I mean, we've kind of skipped past the stats which is like more than like fair enough we had 12 shots they had 12 shots they had five on target they scored four goals we had six on target we scored one. Like, sometimes it's about taking your chances, and this was a game where they really, really took their chances. We had more passes. We had better pass accuracy, although both in the mid-70s, which is, it was sloppy. Tells you everything. Yeah, it was super sloppy game. Uh, we had less fouls than they did. We had less yellow cards than they did. Uh, crucially, we did give up a non-penalty penalty, which was fun, but uh, I, I think the... The, the point here is that stats can lie and there were opportunities, but like, you know, again, it, if you watch the men's game against Everton, we were never going to score today. And it, it felt kind of like that in the second half too. Like despite how great a position the team was in, it just didn't seem to be the flow and connection that we've seen in, in games past um, that, you know, the, the team is on. I mean, it's Arsenal, to their credit, in every game I've seen them play against Lauren James have marked the absolute hell out of her. I mean, and Lauren clearly got frustrated. We'll get to that in a bit after after the next ad break. But they did not let Sam run free. They didn't let Lauren run free. And they just basically banked that the rest of the team was not going to make up for the goals that the both of those uh, players could put in. And they were fucking right. Um, you know, they didn't have a J.R. Cagle, um, you know, in, in their calculus necessarily. But, you know, it wasn't as if Jesse was going to be a goal threat today, dropping that far back. It wasn't as if Neve was able to get out from where she was. I mean, she was pinned back by Beth Mead. There was, you know, a lot of back and forth there today. Like, they basically said, we're, we're going to mark your two best players and you're going to have to change. And then when you change, we're going to try and hit you on the counter again. We had more possession in the Emirates than they did. Didn't matter. Like, so I, you know, I, I look at all that, Jesse, and say, like, they, this is why you need a combination of stats and eye tests to tell you what happened. Mm. Like, the, on, on paper, yeah, you could look at this and go, wow, what a closely contested matchup, except for the score. You know, but it it really wasn't. 
No, but also I think what's interesting and maybe we can get into this in just a little bit is the first half definitely wasn't a closely contested matchup and we did go in at halftime 3-1 down. I was getting Conti Cup final flashbacks. Guys, I moved so quickly to the bar. You you have not seen someone move quicker to the bar at the Emirates than what I did. Uh, it was so, so bleak, but there were changes. Maybe it was unexpected that the changes didn't come earlier, but let's take a little ad break here, and then when we come back, I think it's worth talking about what did change and maybe why that didn't help us get back into the game. So 3-1 down at half time to Arsenal, away from home. We get a triple sub. Nuskin comes off for Kirby. Perisay for Lawrence. Mielda for Buchanan. Ollie, I don't think this was necessarily the substitutions we were expecting. You, you've already said that, you know, you feel like Ev was having a good game. I would agree. I I thought she was dealing pretty well 1v1. I think the problems were definitely on the fact that she was being 1v1 so many times. <laughs> I think in football, if you're letting your, you know, sort of right-sided centre-back slash right-back, like, have to deal with that much shit, there's, there's, there's more stuff going on. But what did you make of this decision? I think that the midfield reshuffle was maybe the most interesting element of it, although I guess Buchanan's speed was also, like, a big factor maybe to go back into that back line. Um, but it, it felt like quite a, a set of unexpected decisions. Yeah, definitely. And the kind of triple sub as well. I thought, I did think Ashley Lawrence was really good cleaning up, actually, second half in terms of what she was brought on to do. She did well. Um, I, I thought Keisha had a really good half. <laughs> I think she I think she showed exactly what we wanted her to be in games like this. And I actually think it's a product of her last year that she should have start she should be starting games like this, right? Um but she isn't because of how she's played recently. And that's that's really frustrating. And I actually think if she had have started this game, maybe we you know, maybe we would have been better off in the first half, just in that transition phase, because she embraces chaos. That's her game. She loves that kind of one-on-one <laughs> centre-back against striker. Um, that's her whole thing. So, yeah, that was it was interesting to watch. Um, but, yeah, it, it was... It did feel a bit late for me. Like, half-time did feel a bit late for me for the triple sub. It was clear what was going on in the first half, and, like, we haven't touched on it, but a lot of what happened was mistakes. Like, they were really bad mistakes. Like, AKB coming for the second goal, like, she stays on her line, she catches that. She can throw her cap on it. Like, it's not that amazing a header. It's not like a power header from Amanda Edishtet. She just literally heads it in, in, into, an, uh, into an empty net. It's the same goal from the Conti Cup final. It's the literally. same exact goal. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, we'll come on to the refereeing decisions, but, like... The the she gets to make the decision at the end because AKB slides out when Jess has the ball um and wipes out the Arsenal player. Um I don't think the referee points <laughs> the spot at all if AKB just stays there and lets Jess deal with it. And she absolutely had had that um all day. Like Jess was was cleaning up against Beth Mead the whole time. That the issue we had was when um Russo identified that if she if she moved to the left slightly she could then run in behind against our back line and that was the issue we had um for the third goal but yeah it it just felt like a lot of mistakes on our part um and it felt kind of self-inflicted and that's what was was frustrating i mean you you get this the beginning part is really interesting to me jesse because it's obviously not gone to plan that transfer i think we were all over the moon when that got announced. And then you started to see some of the individual ball come into play. She goes on side quests during games and you're like, where are you? <laughs> what What is happening um, with your play? But she also is a physical match for a lot of what Arsenal was doing. It was very clear that she, I think it was Russo and it, probably two minutes after the the half had started, second half started, she bodied her off the ball and quickly reclaimed. I was like, there we go. 
that's that's let her know you're there right like uh, that that is a huge deal i also think like millie's clearly not coming back very soon you know emma hayes said after uh after the new year but after the new year could mean a whole lot of things right especially if it's a knee injury it's you you need her back for the champions league so it may be time to just have buchanan get a run in this team and see what she can do. I mean, you've spent a ton of money to get her to the club. She's uh, won the Champions League before. She should be a player that can play in these sorts of games better than maybe she has done. And maybe this is kind of the license that Emma needs to to get her back in the in the team and just have a real center back back there with with Jess. Yeah, I agree. I thought she was really good when she came on, and I also think it's a sort of failure of the transfer that she didn't start. Um, and I think Arsenal targeted that. I think it's the third goal, the Rousseau goal, um, even though there are question marks about whether it was offside. Potentially, it was tight. We're it was really never going to know. Yeah. Like, And also, my personal opinion is that we were so awful in that first half. I can't bring myself to get be get annoyed about like a potential centimetre offside because we deserve to be losing 3-1, in my opinion. Um I think that Buchanan coming on was the opportunity because clearly Arsenal had moved Rousseau across to Mielda because Jess was like eating up the grass when Rousseau was trying to like, it was actually quite funny how much faster Jess was than Alessia until it wasn't when they realised there was another centre-back she could run at. But I think Kadisha came coming on obviously limited that. And even though Arsenal had opportunities to run through the only like, really really good one i guess was the stina one um which she blasted over because she's stina so that's reliable um my worry is is that i thought buchanan was good but i felt like she was only good because there was nothing to lose at this point and it still felt even in the way she played that it could so easily have become like a red card or something i don't know they were just the sort of like last ditch dackles and <sighs> She's someone who I think if we could guarantee she played with Millie, I would be intrigued, Ollie, to see like where this went, how she developed, because maybe you can take more of that risk if you've got someone. But right now, like for me with the defense, it feels a lot more like I'm interested in how they sort of spread themselves out, what formation they play as opposed to a personnel change, because I really want Buchanan to come good, but this still freaks me out quite a bit. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. I also think we need to think about Jess, because Jess Carter has spent the entire time that Millie has not been uh, fit for club and country, thinking about ways in which she can essentially clean up for everyone else's mess. And <laughs> I think it's it's working against her. Like, she's she's having to be... She's having to commit less, like, um, in terms of being aggressive. She's having to think more in terms of, like, cleaning up at the back and, and you know, balls in behind are essentially her job for for Chelsea in England at the moment. And, yeah, I think that's that's a problem for her. So maybe, you know, Kadisha just having that recovery pace is something that we have to think about as well in terms of just just knowing that another person can can match, you know, get back with her. Um, I think I think we do have to think about that as well. I also think in terms of defending, Frank Kirby put in some amazing tackles in the second half, like recovery challenges. Um, Nick, I don't know what you feel about uh, Fran being one of our better defenders in the second half, but yeah. Well, it's, just, it's just what you hope for, really. Um, you know, it was, it was all part of the plan, as you know. Um, no, I mean, it, look, it's it's nice to see some of the spark back in her like you know there there are a couple of challenges where i was like you're feeling healthy you wouldn't have made that challenge 3 4 weeks ago like that and and that is good obviously the circumstance in which she's making that challenge is not um but you know again she's she's one of those players that if she can sustain a period of 6 months of health the difference that could potentially make to this team in the way that we 
transition the ball once we do win it back or the way that we score goals more efficiently or any number of things. I mean, that could really, that could really be good. Um, you know, I, I do think it's, it's hard to still for me, see how her and LJ play well together. I think there has been flashes and I think there's been a lot of individual ball between them. Uh, and, and I think maybe Jesse, that's my number one concern about like that front three, whoever that is, whether it's JRK and LJ and, Fran or Jesse or pick another player grow when when she's back fully fit like you got to play as a team you can't be hero ball all the time and I think there's a little bit of hero ball in all four of those players yeah and I think today was a tough example of that I think when you've got those players sort of I mean LJ is awful for that for, at the best of times um I think Kirby and Guru, when she came on today, Guru felt so clear that she hadn't played for a while. Bless her, and she was coming on into a ship situation. Um, it will be interesting to see how that all pans out. Today was sort of the first day where I felt like LJ had really struggled to make the most of being on the left, which was frustrating, especially against McCabe, who I thought had a good game, but it's still someone that LJ should be doing better against. But I feel sorry for her because. The, the they struggle to get the ball to her. So I don't know how much that's her fault if you can't get McCabe one-on-one. -on -one. And there were, like, a number of occasions where she did and she did get the better of her, but, like, it's always going to be sort of limited. Um, maybe when we're on LJ specifically, we should quickly go through these refereeing decisions. The stamp. Nick is stupid. With, with VAR, is a red card. Same way it was at the World Cup, is idiotic, it's frustrating, and at this point she should know better. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it will, I really hope it doesn't come to this, but I think, like, one more of those very, very poor decisions, and, you, I mean, she'll be forced to sit down for a period of time, but, like, I think Emma's going to have to, like, take her aside and go, hey, you're, like, hurting the team here, like, we... We can't play you if you're going to be hurting the team. And that's a shame because she is at times our best player. But I mean, to go down to 10 uh, to 10 players, what in the 60th minute or so, you know, while you're down three, one, because you're upset that you're getting marked and stuff like I just, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's super frustrating to watch because uh, she is an incredible talent and I think she is misunderstood a lot. Um, in the way that she plays, but there have been some very clear examples of frustration getting to her and her taking that out on op opponents. And that is just not good enough. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can think probably a couple of times in the last what six months or so where that kind of that's reared. Um, I do also think there is something to be said about how she's refereed as well, though. I think, you know, that, she needs to do better in terms of, in terms of, yeah, not stamping on people, but equally, like, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be that players have to literally rugby tackle her to the floor for her to get a foul every single time she touches it. And it's the same for, you know, uh, Bunny at City. It's the same, frankly, watching Mia play as well. And there is a standard of refereeing from, from what I can see that some players have to be kicked multiple times to get to get a foul against them and right. some just have to fall on the floor right yeah. like i i just yeah i i kind of despair at the state of refereeing just in men's and women's football in this country um they're just there's just such a subjective way in which decisions are made like the for me <laughs> the the travesty of the second goal for arsenal was that ev was completely wiped out on the touchline but like this you know, she hadn't, she yeah. was in the air. She got completely barged off the pitch. Like that's, that's a clear foul. And they score from a corner that comes from that, from the, the attack they get. Right. So I think a lot of the kind of yellow cards in the second half were down to the fact that Rebecca Wells should just not manage the game properly. And it, it absolutely went in Arsenal's favor because they wanted to be really aggressive and they bullied us. Frankly, they completely bullied, bullied us the whole game. Emma said the same. 
And, you know, Jesse, I'm thinking that's that's not really been the case for any Chelsea women's side in the last kind of year or so. I'm thinking maybe Barcelona at home where I felt like that. Other than that, I don't really feel like that's happened to us. Yeah, I mean, I think playing sort of the German teams was like my flashback to, yeah, Champions League games sort of against, especially away at Wolfsburg, where I've just felt like we've absolutely got trashed. That's like kind of the closest. And it's frustrating because I think sometimes, Nick, there's a bit of sort of smarts needed from this Chelsea team around some of these things. And actually... This ties into a general feeling about game management, which I think has been a sort of a, a small thought, a little voice at the back of my head for a while about this team, which is that if stuff doesn't go our way, we are very quickly heads down. We are not mm-hmm. a side who gets back into games at this point. People throw the sort of mentality monsters label around, but... I think that only really refers to an ability to to win matches, which we do, obviously. But in terms of being mentality monsters, in inverted commas, and turning over deficits, I feel like I'm really adding up a lot of games whereby you've got City-Conti Cup final, Arsenal-Conti Cup final, City away, this game today... Go back to Wolfsburg in that Champions League, that 4-0 if you want. Matches whereby if things haven't started well for us, whether it's a result of our tactics, whether it's a result of refereeing decisions, whether it's a result of not being physical enough, it doesn't feel like we have the belief to get back in the game. And actually that's what made me most kind of concerned, even at half-time, was feeling like a 3-1 down... But it was over, which was bonkers. If we'd scored a second, oh yeah, within the first fifteen minutes of the that game was there for us to take. But I ju- I just didn't believe this team was going to be able to do that. I did, and it didn't happen. Um, I, I I don't know what the fix is, right? You know, I think there's some I think there's some work to be done on how this team with some new players, but. Not all new players, right? This isn't the men's team where you're trying to throw a bunch of ingredients in and make a cocktail for the first time. Like, this is an established group who has some new faces for sure in there, but, like, has some really strong leadership all the way down from Emma and Millie to Sam and, you know, Fran and folks who have been around the block multiple times. I mean, that that to me is, like, the more concerning part. It's like, you know, the men's team... You got a bunch of kids out there running around trying to figure it out. Yeah, it's going to be more difficult for sure. But, like, this team should have come out, kicked open the door from the locker room and said, we're going to go score four goals now. Like, and it almost, like, been menacing about it. Like, I I want us to get back to menacing, Ollie. Like, that that to me is, is where this team gets its strength and why they have won as much as they've won and what we're going to need to play well in the Champions League. I mean, you know, this is a, you know, regardless of if they are in the competition or not, this is a Champions League caliber opponent that we just got dusted by. And the team's going to have to play a lot better in that competition to get the result that we want, which is winning the thing. Yeah, I think you touched on it with uh, when Keisha came on. It's about establishing a presence, right, early on. And I think if Millie starts this game and, like, wipes out Russo in the first, first minute or so, takes all the ball, smashes it forward to Yo-Yo. We're like, okay, we're in the game. We're cool. We're good, we're good with this. It felt like we just allowed ourselves to be imposed on. Um, and, you know, whether that's just fatigue or whatever, it is what it is. But it it did feel like we weren't ready to match. We just weren't ready to match Arsenal today, physically or mentally. Um, and that, yeah, I'm I'm with Jesse at halftime. I'm I'm like screaming at them, saying, you know, we score in the next five minutes, they're gonna panic. Like Arsenal can see goals. They they conceded two in one half to to Leicester, right? And they got completely dominated. So this is a team that, in very recent memory, 
can slide. And and if you score against them, they tend to give you other chances. And they did give us other chances today. Um, in terms of the Champions League, I think you take performances like this as a learning, right? You say, we can't play that far under standard and expect to win against good teams. Um, you just have to play at a level and establish a dominant a dominance to get that game done win the game you know because if if you come at a game like this at like 70 80 percent and think you know you can play through it and and work it out on the fly it's not going to happen and i think guru coming on to get minutes in the legs at the end was quite symptomatic of of the kind of everything else it almost felt like we were already planning ahead of being like well we want to fit guru soon right we want guru back as soon as possible so we're going to bring our own essentially like 60 70 percent fit like she was nowhere near fit like it, mm-hmm. guru does not over hit crosses like that or like hit the side net. string a pass together yeah basic cross like she just wasn't ready at all it felt like to me it was just getting her on the pitch and getting minutes on the legs and that was kind of symptomatic of the overall thing how do you feel about it Jessie? i hate that <laughs> to me it, it did feel like that and it's the same as the the city away game last season when we hooked people at 35 minutes it it felt like saying we lost the game already like i understand why maybe guru like when guru came on i couldn't know what situation she was in but then watching her play i was like i'd prefer to see aggie I'd have preferred to see someone who'd, who was fit, who just played minutes, who was ready to sort of go. And actually, as we sort of wrap this up, I want to give a shout out to Mia because Mia came on and I thought she did offer like some impetus of something in a game which was gone. And I just, I feel frustrated that I I think this element of sometimes writing games off it might be better in the long run. I, I think it probably is better in the long run. But as a fan, it's a killer. Oh, it hurts. You want, yeah. you want to see your team pushing and believing that they can get something. And Nick, that's unfortunately the thing I'm taking away from this game is just like I stood there and watched us get pummeled at the Emirates. It's not good. I mean, I think, I think this is the case. Arsenal is the team that we hate the most. Is that accurate on this podcast? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Not a not every Chelsea fan is like this, but I'm glad I'm amongst friends. Um, (laughs) It's it's awful. Like do training at training. I don't want to see training during the match. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) come on, guys. Like, also, you know. I know that Mia's not been fit. She had the groin injury and, and has just not been in favor lately. Maybe this is her just getting some minutes in the legs too. But like, you're down 3-1. You can't have enough people who can score goals on the pitch. Like, Sam's clearly not having the day that she wants, but Mia can provide a different sort of presence there. Maybe they can play off each other a little sooner. Maybe that's a halftime switch and not you know, kind of a whatever 70th, 80th minute switch, whatever the hell it was. Um, you know, I understand getting LJ off the pitch because at that point you were lucky that she was still on the pitch. But like the rest of it, I was like, what's Guru going to offer in this fast paced environment coming back from an injury that she's been out for two months for? Like, you know, I would almost have, have just switched up the the fullbacks and, and played something else you know up there maybe play neve up at that left wing and just let her roam a little bit more like i don't i don't know like this but whatever the hell it was just didn't work and so that you know do training and training is is a better thing than doing it during the game for sure yeah like you know or play the play the player who's got four and four maybe like (laughs) outrageous on a hot streak and you know wants to come on and prove herself in a massive match that you know, we only play Arsenal away once a season, thankfully, um, <laughs> outside of cups. Um, you know, I think I think why not throw Aggie into that situation? There wasn't much to lose, really, at 3-1 down. It felt like a lot of the team had already given up, um, and that felt really problematic to me. All right, guys. I'm going to bring 
this therapy session to a close. It's been yeah. nice. Yeah. It has been nice. I don't know if it's made me feel better. It might make me feel worse, but just as I'd hoped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we just gotta roll with it. All right. I mean, I'll tell you guys, I'm looking at the league table right now. There's plenty to play for. We are still top of the league. You wouldn't believe it. That's what I mean about these games. They hurt, but when they're in the league, sometimes you gotta take a step back. We're still top of the league. Twenty two points. Goal difference of eighteen. Arsenal on the same number of points, goal difference of 15. Just below them, we got City on 19, United on 18. So City came back from a goal down against Villa to win 2-1. United pummeled Spurs. That's kind of interesting and unfortunate because Spurs host Arsenal next weekend, which will be a really, really satisfying way to put a dampener on this. But given how many goals Spurs have been tripping recently. I don't know how hopeful I'd be of that guy. Stay away unless you're like me who is going to that game. But if you're not me, stay away, stay away. Guys, how would we be feeling about Hacken at the bridge on Thursday? Ollie, will I see you there? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'll be there. Yes. Um, I'm looking forward to Bristol away because I'm sure as hell hoping for a response. I'm like, I'm looking at double figures here. Like, <laughs> we need to really show up. On Sunday the 17th. Bristol like, off the bottom, we've got to say. West Ham currently bottom. Great Four draw. Points. Great draw against Liverpool, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair play to them. But no Brook. No Brook on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Nick, how are, you, how are you feeling looking at where things are? Looking at the table. I think it's hard when you've won five titles in a row, not to boast to everyone who's clearly a Chelsea fan who's listened to this, so I can boast as much as I want. But we do really want to win. I'm not going to sit here and pretend we no, don't want to win this year. Where? What do you think it means from here? I I think, you know, again, it's like come back from the international break. You got your ass kicked. Time to regroup. You have until Thursday, which is, you know, a decent amount of time. I want to see some changes in the lineup for Thursday. I want to see the team roll out with some energy and enthusiasm. I think they deserve to put on a show uh, at the bridge on Thursday. Um, And, you know, I I think you need to, if you're Emma one, you have to own, and I think she did um, a pretty good job in the post-match presser of owning this. Um, I think you have to own it. You have to move on. um, And, I would be looking for some really intense training sessions this week. Um, I don't think uh, there's any other way that that's going to go. So uh, if you're a person that doesn't like running, uh, it's going to be a tough week for you. I think it's going to be, <laughs> I think it's going to be a big one. And you know, they, they need to, I mean, hacking are, are playing well. Like this is not like the pushover that maybe we thought it was going to be at the, you know, when the groups were announced. So you, you got to show up if you have ambition at all, you know, Thursday has to be a convincing win, and uh, then then you kind of take one game at a, a time from there. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's a big game on Thursday. I think it's easy to look at this sort of run of games up to Christmas and feel like on paper they're very easy, but it makes everything in January a lot easier if we win these games convincingly. So, yeah, heckin' at the bridge on Thursday, but then we go to Bristol away for our last WSL game in 2023 before hecking away as our very Christmassy Swedish fixture. Um, We will obviously be across all of them. But for now, thank you very much, Nick. Commiserations for having to go and do the men's show after this. You are a braver man than me. Well, look, um, it's it's the job you sign up for. You just hope it doesn't go this way. (laughs) You know, so, uh, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll give uh, give the guys my... uh, my best and we'll see we'll see how it goes but uh always good talking to you guys you know it's it's nice to to get out of the group chat and do it uh, irl yeah 100 percent. Uh, it is truly the worst part of the job to have to go through um i think i've got a long week ahead of me personally but the highlight will be ollie when i see you on thursday i'm sure which is when we will you know be triumphant again and then i'll feel much better all of a sudden yeah we're going top of the group so Bring it on. Have have a nice bourbon for me, Ollie. Okay? Just get a little warmer in you. That's all I say. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, amen to that. Everyone get a nice little warmer <laughs> at you. That's what we say. We will be back with you after the heckin' game, guys. But until then, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high. Whoa.